0: Hello and welcome back to the UCFB Football Podcast. We've got some exciting news this week as we are now sponsored by Blue Check Wembley. So boys,
1: how did we get on this week? Um, I'll go first. Uh, the thirds got another win on the board. Uh, another away game in the league again. That's three in a row now. Um, we won the game 3-1, so a bit less than our first first couple, but I think that was purely down to the state of the pitch. Uh, yeah, we turned up and there was no nets on the goal. So I think you know you're in for a long day when that happens. To be fair to them, they were a pretty good side, very physical. I think, I honestly think they didn't have a player under six foot. Oh, wow. So it was an absolutely massive team. They were very, very physical on the ball, just a lot of pushing, shoving. I'm surprised no one got hurt, to be honest, like with the tackles that were going in as well. But I think because the pitch was so bad and so bobbly, we couldn't get down and play our football. So it was more of a long ball sort of game. Um, Which obviously doesn't help if you've got those big players. Yeah, and obviously. Yeah, it's just just one of them games where you just are like, alright, let's just get get any result and just get out of it. Because the pitch was absolutely shocking. Uh, I think it was nil nil at half time, so it was a close game. It was a bit one of them where you get a bit shaky, but yeah, we did our did our job, played our football, and uh, came out three one winners.
0: Yeah, so was you impressed with how the team bounced back? Obviously,
1: after going out in the cup the week before uh yeah but i think the way we went out in the cup wasn't any flat the way we were 3-1 down and we came back 3-3 so i think we showed our bounce back ability even in that game but yeah to get the result considering how poor the playing conditions were and i think obviously the other team were probably used to playing on that pitch as well so they knew what to expect when they turned up so i think yeah we did a, a hell of a good job to to get out of there their 3-1 winners i think if the pitch had been good and we could have played our our game it'd have been a lot more what about you sean how did the women get on this week
2: uh, so the women's team lost again, um, we're still yet to get a win on the board, we, we came off the back of a, a 2-2 draw last week, um, so we were hoping that we'd sort of uh, right the ship in that game and start to turn the tidings around, but um, yeah again it was a game where it wasn't to be, um, throughout the first half there was really not a lot going on for either team. It was a Brighton free kick that, uh, that gave Brighton the lead, um, which eventually would uh, go on to be the winner of that game. Um, was it a good goal? Yeah, it was an absolutely thunderous strike. Um, if there's any goal that should win a game, it was probably that one. It would have been nice if the free kick could have been for UCFB and not against them, as that would have given me a, a point towards the bingo checklist. But um, but no, that was the that was the game winner, and so um, UCFB sit second from bottom on the table now, um, which is where we were before. But again, we're not putting any points on the board, which is something that needs to change because otherwise this season's going to go south very quickly
0: so another tough week for the women but um from the sounds of it it looks like they're, the the quality of their league that they're in is is really high so um hopefully they can turn it around this year or or to say this year soon um it's starting to look like maybe the league is a, is a, is a bit out of reach especially sort of what is it four games in now
2: yeah i think i think the league title's probably not going to be on the cards this season which is is obviously what you're aiming for at the at the start of any campaign, but um, I mean, it feels like I'm saying the same thing every week. We, it's not that they're playing badly. the The second half of the game, UCFB were all over Brighton. We had much better chances, plenty of shots on goal, and we were working the keeper um, and actually playing well, getting the ball down and spreading some passes around. Um, but we again, it's finding that final touch and. Uh, that that bit of luck hasn't been on our side so far this season. So so yeah, it was a 1-0 loss and uh, we go again this week and hope for a better outcome. It's pretty much as simple as that. How did the first do, Marley?
0: Well, I witnessed two really great games of football, a lot of goals. Um, So the first played at 1 o'clock. We actually played on the grass at Silver Jubilee Park for the first time uh, since I've joined uni. Um, And we we welcomed uh, the University of Kent Um, It was a really important fixture in the league as Kent actually sat above us in the table before the game. Um, So Jake Caradus' side was looking to, you know, get that win and then hopefully we can start chasing down Hertfordshire, who we play in in two weeks. Um, But it was just a frantic game from start to finish. Uh, UCFB started really well, again, with that, that sort of slick passing and stuff like that, but uh uni- the University of Kent did take the lead 1-0 and it was it was kind of against the run of play they'd had a few chances from lapses and concentration but it w- it wasn't by any means en- any more than they deserved um so UCFB found themselves sort of chasing the game and it was in fact our uh, goalkeeper uh TJ Kilcullen who definitely kept us in the game you know he kept it at 1-0 and without him it probably could have been five or six to be quite honest um but UCFB pulled it back. Joe Wait with a smart finish uh, from across from Richard Mills. Who came into the starting lineup as uh, Callum Norman was absent. He really impressed me down that left hand side. He's got a great left foot on him, um, and he put in some really dangerous balls. Um, so yeah, UCFB were level, and then they then put themselves in front with a with a header from Toby Mitchell. Um, we've already obviously got our our chipped goal from the first home game of the season, but his header was just flicked over the goalkeeper and he couldn't reach it, so there was another one there. Um, and he, we've known since Toby first joined the uni that he's great in the air, both defensively and offensively. He's probably our best player in the air. Um, and their, their striker had a torrid time of it. He sort of... He see that... Obviously, he was quite a tall striker and he almost looked at Toby as if to say oh, I'm going to have a field day here yeah, because and Toby's not the biggest lad is no, he? No he's, he's certainly not the tallest but I think four or five headers in he sort of gave up going for him in the, in the end it was just sort of just, just there to make the numbers up and Toby was towering over him every single time he's got quite a leap on him and um, that's got to take the confidence right out of a
2: striker, especially if like winning headers is what you base your game around. Exactly. He was a
0: very tall striker. He's sort of like that target man that sort of striker, and he couldn't get a sniff out of Toby. Or full debutant uh, Kieran Judd, who had an excellent game at, at, at centre-back as well. Um, and if it wasn't for TJ's performance, he probably would have got man of the match. Um, but yeah, so UCFB went into half-time with a 2-1 lead. Um, they would have been happy with that result but definitely lots of areas to improve on in terms of being a bit more short at the back and and trying to find that final pass from the third. They were definitely lucky not to have uh, have scored more. Um, the second half came and Kent came out of the blocks again quite quick on the front foot because as, as important as the game was for us, it was also important for them and they, they couldn't afford to slip up either. And they, they did just that. They equalised and it was 2-2. Um, and then in the 74th minute, I believe it was, 74th, 75th minute, there wasn't long left, um, we got a free kick on the edge of the box. And and uh, this seems like the star man this year, Giorgio Delallo. obviously nominated for player of the month, stepped up in <laughs> absolute missile into the top corner. Um and it was it was absolute pandemonium at Silver Jubilee Park. It really was. It was. It, I managed to get it on film, which was always nice as a as a media man. But um, yeah, it was it was it was great. It looked like UCFB were going to hold out for the win, uh, but there was still more drama to be had. Um, Kent equalised again late on, um, and when it looked like it was going to be three three, UCFB had a corner, and it came out to Big Joel Nagimbi. Um, and his, his touch wide looked like it had gone too far, but he managed to squeeze a shot in, which the keeper uh, parried, but only into the path of. There was load. There was like a queue of UCFB players waiting to tap it in, and it was in fact Toby Mitchell who blasted it in again, uh, to make it four three. On like eighty eight, eighty nine, ninety minutes, it was so again sheer pandemonium. Thought we'd snatch the game, but the drama wasn't over there. There was a, uh, a foul throw from the University of Kent which wasn't given and from that foul throw a handball was given um, and Kent got a penalty. So the, the the penalty was taken and scored but the ref ordered it to be retaken for encroachment um, and it was taken again and again it was scored and uh, it all settled up at 4-4. Um, there was a bit of disappointment at the end as as... Nagimbi after contributing to that first goal um unfortunately got a second yellow and was sent off but it was just a re- for a neutral it was a really entertaining game and um it was it was something that that we uh we would have liked to have won but you, you under those circumstances given how the game could have gone it could have gone either way you take the point That's a
2: yeah I, I, sounds like it boiled over a little bit at the end which is to be expected with a game that's so um, back and forth with you know UCFB thinking that they've won it in the like late late stages, and then for for Kent to to grab that equaliser late on with such drama as you know the the build up to the goal was yeah, question
1: yeah. questionable foul throw yeah controversial well, goal we, as we, well not just a an equaliser but a controversial equaliser
0: I'm not sure what's really wrong with the players in our leagues but we see we must see about four, five, six foul throws every single game this so far in the league this season. I have no idea. Like, you'd expect players, not even of any age, but at the ages, like of any level, but of, at the ages of 19, 20, 21, to be able to take a throw in properly. Yeah, in like a good university league as well. Yeah, I mean, That's
1: just the basics of football. You get taught as, like, when you're in school, isn't it, really?
0: Yeah, yeah so it is frustrating. Um, but yeah it was a well contested game well thought out um and yeah like i said very entertaining um so unfortunately dylan's not here this week he's uh, he's having a he's a back home having an operation so we wish him well in his recovery and hopefully he'll be back soon but after the first team game i managed to pop over to the artificial pitch where the seconds were playing um, and again that was another great game so i'd gone from an eight goal thriller on the, uh, on the grass, to then a six-goal thriller on the artificial pitch. So I had a, I had a great day. But we were um, in the clubhouse, the, all the first team, when getting our, our post-match pint, when the first goal went in. So we hadn't even got out onto the, the pitch when the first goal uh, went in. Um, James Wells opened the scoring for the second's. UCFB managed to hold the lead but not for long as they gave away a penalty so uh, St Mary's did manage to equalise and you were sort of wondering whether what sort of way the game was going to go at that point it was a bit 50-50 and, but UCFB really did step up and uh, Laws Nicholas put UCFB in front and it, credit to him it was a great celebration he ran over to to. to to the people watching on and celebrated with us which was which was great to see and you could really see the passion in in sort of the seconds they really wanted to win the game and um you know they're not taking their great start to the game um they're not taking it for advantage at 2-1 UCFB then really kicked on and they went they just took off um a 9-1 double sent them into half time with a 4-1 lead um, and it was really well deserved by that point that it was just a case of how many they were going to score, not if they were going to score. Um, player manager Dwayne Grizzle had some great chances. And to be honest, it could have been five or six. Um, the second half sort of came out and there wasn't there wasn't a lot of life in the game, really. Um, St Mary's managed to pull one back with another penalty. And... Um, but after that it was sort of like they didn't look like they were going to score and UCFB was sort of happy with their lead and were trying to control the game, see it out professionally. And the game sort of went dead. Um, but the, the, the second half sort of sparked into life when a bit of a bit of handbags broke out after a poor challenge um, and a player from each side was sent off. Um, so it, it, the, it did spark sort of spark into life after that, but, Yeah, there wasn't much to report on for the second half, but it was, again, a great performance from the seconds and it it continues their great start to the season.
2: So it was a 4-2 win for the seconds in the end um, and two of the four UCFB teams managing to pick up some wins. um, A draw for the firsts. We'll quickly run through uh, some updates for the UCFB bingo cards that we've been trying to tick off. I'll go first. The women's team has still yet to check anything off the list so straight away I'm out of that we did have that free kick scored against us that we talked about um, that doesn't count no it does not so uh, I'll pass it over to Connor uh, have you ticked and off this week
1: uh, yes I did I ticked off the own goal from the opposition this week so I am now five for ten in the bingo I wow, um, think thirds are flying yeah we are um, I think like the, uh, the first few score lines in the first couple of weeks helped us with all them goals that we scored um, I have got a player I can't remember who, but is uh, ready to do the Ronaldo celebration if he scores as well. So there's another one. So hopefully we can crack on and uh, yeah, get got a, ten this season.
0: They've got to score
1: first. So it's yeah. easier said than done. Yeah, true. But um, I'm very confident. I don't. I'm uh, not confident of getting all ten because there's a couple on there that are just not like, something you'll see once once in a season in the whole league. Yeah. Let alone. Uh, but I'm confident that we're not going to lose. The bingo, so that's all that matters. I mean, yeah,
2: having half of the uh half of the aims checked off already is, um, is pretty good going. I mean, with the women's team, obviously, as I said, we don't have anything done, so I'm really hoping for a bit of a miracle comeback. If I'm not uh, if I'm not going to be taking the forfeit on. Well, the the thing is,
0: well, the thing is that you know, you don't have to beat Connor, who's right out there. You just have to beat whoever's in front of you and at the minute that's Dylan and 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 they the the seconds didn't actually manage to tick off any more anyway so there are only two in front of you yeah and that just means a good a good week from the women's you could get you know one of the girls could score a free kick and do the ronaldo celebration and then all of a sudden you're drawing that's with, all I need. with the seconds
1: Even so so much as an own goal from the opposition yeah exactly yeah, just, just from a straight cross then, exactly. then you got a point on the board straight away there so it it can all change very quickly i think
0: the uh the first managed to to get a couple more on the board this week. We obviously got the 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 goal directly from a free kick, uh, courtesy of Giorgio And then once he'd he'd put that in, there was a chance of his name ringing about Silver Jubilee Park, which was uh, I was given an extra sort of fist pump for that afterwards, which was uh, nice to see. So we're only one behind you now. If you hadn't have got that own goal, we'd be actually be drawing with you. So. So the first are, are bearing down on on the thirds and we're, we're, we're going for the, the, the UCFB bingo title. So
2: to summarise, it's the thirds on 5 out of 10. Yes. The first on 4 out of 10. Uh, the second's on 2 out of 10. And the women's team on a big fat zero. That's the end of part one. Uh, stick around for part two when Connor will be bringing us the
0: third instalment of Away Days. If you're a student in Wembley then you definitely know about Blue Check Wednesdays. Every Wednesday from 10:30 p.m. it's free entry all night into the bar.
1: Right, I'm here today with uh, UCFB's man of the match between the sticks, Jack Crask and assistant manager Ollie Graham. Just to get some reviews on the pitch, changing rooms, and the way support. So, uh, first of all, what did you think of the pitch today? Uh, pitch was a tough one. It was very, very bobbly. There was no nets, which didn't help, no corner flags, which was great. Um, but yeah, we, we managed to get a win on a tough pitch, so more than pleased.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I, I, it was a very, very bad pitch. I can't say I've played on worse bobbles all over but
1: we managed to get the wind so not much matters swap uh, so what rating would you give it between one and ten or zero if you fancy it i'll
0: give
1: it a three yeah I think three. just because we won if if it, if it was a loss i definitely would have uh, reconsidered uh one at best but but yeah we yeah. we managed it so i'd say three we were lucky it didn't rain yes uh right next up the changing rooms
0: limited facilities no showers some no showers not too happy about that gutted.
1: some of them are buzzing uh, <laughs>
0: it's all right. It's it's definitely not the worst we've been in. No, it's, uh, it's warm.
1: That's always a positive. I'd say a, a solid six. Yeah, six or six. seven. I'll score, go seven. Right? I'll go seven. Um, and lastly, the home support. Not, not non-existent, dwindling. really. It? it was a dwindling home home support, but yeah, but they had a, they had a few, probably ten or fifteen. There was a few groundhoppers as well. I saw. I spoke to a couple of them that just came down because they saw a local game, which was good. Is that while you were busy doing nothing in that, mate? Yeah, that was it. That was Fair it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd uh, say,
0: a, I don't know. A four. We'll go four. Oh, it's generous. Right. Fair. Four. four. Lovely.
1: Yeah. Right, well, well played today, boys. Thanks for the uh, interview. Thank you, Cameron. Perfect. After receiving a three for the pitch, a seven for the changing rooms, and a four for the home support, South Bank Uni receive an overall score of a respectable 14. Thank you t- for listening to UCFB Away Days, and we'll catch you next week
0: so it sounds like a very interesting away day turning up with no nets or corner
1: flags it was just i think like, no disrespect to south bank uni but it was just a shambles the way it was organized like the players came over to us and said it was their um like au officers that just hadn't arranged it properly so maybe it was that. Maybe on other weeks the facilities are a bit better than what we had it. But yeah, the that is, it's honestly got to be one of the worst pitches I've ever seen. Uh, definitely a uni game. Maybe not Sunday League. But um. For the, fact that the, the fact that they didn't have any nets, I think that just that killed it straight away. The ref was one of their players. And he turned up with no linesman's flags, no balls. I, I weren't even sure he had a whistle until he blew it at the end of the first half, to be honest. But... <laughs> Yeah, absolutely shocking. Um, I think the lads were quite generous with a 14. Maybe the changing rooms weren't too bad, but giving the pitch a three, I think, was generous, and that's saying something.
2: Yeah, I mean, considering the negative sort of reaction that you've had, and obviously the, the players were saying there that the, um, they weren't too impressed with anything uh, anything going on at, um, at South Bank. Uh, that's the second highest score we've had so far on away days, and granted, we've only done three so far, but... Um, yeah, I mean, con- con- all that taken into consideration, fourteen out of thirty is not a bad score at all.
1: Yeah, I was quite surprised. I really wasn't expecting it to be as high as it was. I thought I knew they weren't gonna be too too harsh, but I, I expected less than fourteen to be honest. I think they they were a, a good team as well. Like, probably the best team we faced, but I don't know if the pitch factored into that. Like the defense, um, like uh, Mali in particular, had an absolute stormer of a game. Jack Kraski got man of the match. He made four or five saves two from one-on-one he was absolutely awesome so credit credit to all the lads really they played their hearts out but yeah the pitch definitely contributed to the close scoreline I think
0: my biggest thing would be if I was a player that there was no showers I bet you that bus on the way home absolutely reeked yeah, it was, but it was honking
1: yeah the, the, I, from what they said the changing rooms were okay but yeah the lack of showers is a big big issue that's why I think it was quite generous a seven was very generous as well
2: yeah that, that's really saved their score hasn't it because as, as marley was saying a shower in a in a in a change room is probably like the first thing that you're you're gonna um rate it based on um so to not have a shower to get anything above a three or a four i'm quite i'm actually quite impressed by
0: mm.
1: yeah i think i think the lads were uh, yeah very very generous with, the, with yeah, the well, visit. they didn't they didn't deserve that score in my opinion but
0: well the thirds have definitely changed their tune from the first week of away days giving a minus 2 out of 10 to Greenwich to now giving a 14 to South Bank. Maybe, maybe the next time we see them on away days it'll be a bit more balanced and we'll get a bit more of a genuine um, fair, I think, score.
1: I think like Jack said in the interview, I think it was because they'd, they'd just won, they'd, they'd fought so hard throughout the game they'd won, they were all on a bit of a high, maybe they were just in a, a nice mood to give them. I think... Like I said, if they'd, have, if they'd have lost 2-1 because the pitch was that bad, I think it would have been a much worse score. But, yeah. Um, so
0: that's episode three of Away Days. Uh, this week, uh, Marley, you'll be bringing Away Days. Yes, the first travel to King's College in the Southeastern Conference Cup. We So hopefully we can get into the next round of the Cup. Um, but yeah, another away day segment for you all, and let's see how they how King's College fare against the other unis that have already been rated. I
1: think it's the, uh, the first away day in the cup as well, isn't it? So it should be a good atmosphere, hopefully.
0: Mm. Yeah, and
2: uh, the, the first got a bye into the into this round of the cup. Is that correct?
1: Yeah,
0: so the first round of the cup we managed to get a bye, So this is round two. So hopefully we can get get our names in the pot for the next round.
2: So the opposition have they they, they I'm assuming they played the game or did they? Do they get by yes, as well? Yes,
0: they beat Imperial Men's. Um, so they're actually in a league below us. It's the first time I've ever seen UCFB face a team in a lower division. Um it'd be
1: weird, the pressure will be on them, I feel like. Because they're, they're used to going in as the underdogs, aren't they, really? and mm-hmm. Outperforming the other teams, so it'd be a weird shift of power.
0: Yeah, well, I think this year... Uh, the managers have sort of not put the emphasis on who's who you're playing or, or what the pressure is. It's it's about performance and it's about results. Um, and that is more true in the cup than it is anywhere else. The only thing that does matter is is, is getting your name in, in, in the hat for the next round. and And that will be the case on Wednesday.
1: Hello and welcome back to segment three of the football podcast. This week we're going to do our perfect FIFA player based on players in our team. So uh right, who wants to start?
0: Yeah, so we can basically the six stats you see on a FIFA card: pace, shooting, passing, dribbling, defending, and physicality. We're gonna be picking a player that we've seen play for UCFB who we think is the best at these separate traits, past or present, uh, to make up our perfect UCFB player.
2: Yeah, but you can only use the same player once, so you can't use them for more than one stat. It, of course okay so the first stat that we'll
0: be looking at is Pace. Marley who have you got? I have gone for Sam Hodder. Sam uh, left UCFB last year he was a, he was a uh, left, left winger um, yeah just so quick. He was often used as a sort of a super sub for Greg Symes um, because when everyone's sort of coming to tire out um, the the road runner. Would just come on and it would it, it he would just reminiscent of like Theo Walcott just back when he first sort of burst onto the scene, just just lightning quick. Um, so yeah, I've gone for Hodder. I
2: think in um, I think in uh, these these leagues that at this level, pace is um, an attribute that can really rip teams apart. Um, you can be technically good, but if you've got a bit of pace and can get in behind, and if you're you're fit enough to do it for the full ninety you can cause some real issues. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Who have you gone for for pace? Uh, I've gone also for a left winger, uh, someone that used to play for the women's team in Ellen Clarabut. Um, she was absolutely rapid. She would tear players apart. We've got a few quick players now, but I've never seen any anyone as, as quick as Ellen was. She would peg it down that left wing and just get on the end of balls that like, you shouldn't. You should never reach because like she was. She was just so fast. So for that reason, Ellen is my pick for the pace attribute on the card. I've seen her at a couple of the games so far this season, and I spoke to her this week actually, and she said she'll be coming to the women's game. So,
1: um, so it'd be good to see her there as well. Connor, who have you gone for for pace? Uh, well, I've gone for a bit of a different set out for my whole thing because this is my first season covering the thirds. Uh, so instead of just sort of guessing. From last season's third team I've just gone for all players from this season on my card but uh, for pace I've gone for Ben Daly also a left winger so I think that's a a trio of left wingers there Um, but yeah just so far this year he's been absolute lightning down that wing Um, cutting inside he's scored some absolute screamers Uh, there's been multiple occasions this year where uh, one of the midfielders has put a ball over the top, and the defense just can't cope with him. I think that's why he gets keeps getting these opportunities. He's got the beat on his man. If he doesn't have the beat on his man, he's got, he, he's quick enough to get across them, get a shot away. So, yeah, from what I've seen so far, he's a very pacey, pacey boy.
2: Um, second attribute on the list is shooting. Um, obviously shooting's a massive trait. Getting goals is what wins you games. Molly, who have you gone for? I
0: had a really difficult one with this one and I I sort of debated it for a while because last year we had two fantastic strikers in uh Blakey and Ollie Stevens. In the end I did go for Ollie because I think Ollie was the more natural more na- more of a natural goal scorer more of a, a, an absolute number 9 with Blakey playing out on the left. So Ollie did just peg it but had Ollie not have been in there, it would have been Blakey. But yeah, I've gone for, for Ollie Stevens for that. What an absolute bags, man.
2: I've gone for another former player, uh, Lily Stevens. Um, this, again, for me, was a, a tough category because there's a few pa- players that I will mention later on that um, I would have given shooting to. But obviously, you can only put uh, each player in once. So Lily Stevens is my pick. She got a fair few goals um, the season before last um I remember her scoring I think five or six in one game against Chichester in a fourteen nil win. Um she could score from anywhere outside the box. she fantastic on free kicks. Um and so yeah, for that for that reason, uh, she's she's the one I've gone with. Connor? Uh,
1: I've gone with Seamus Drake for shooting. Again, like you boys, uh considering the amount of goals we've scored in the first few games, there's a number of players that could have got this, but I think he's our top scorer. I think he scored seven goals in four games so I think his record just speaks for himself he's a very physical striker likes to get in the box um, just a natural finisher so yeah I think uh, I don't think it could have been anyone else other than him even though we have got some very good goal scorers in our side I think it had to be Seamus
2: uh, Next on the list Parson who is that man for you
0: Marley uh, Again I could have picked a number of players for this but in the end I've gone with Joe Radley-Martin, otherwise known as Radzy. He was just... Um, just, yeah, with the ball at his feet, you felt like he could find anyone on the pitch. He was he was a brilliant player on the ball. Um, so for passing, I have gone for Joe Radley-Martin, Radzy. Uh, for
2: passing, uh, I have gone for Danielle Maloney, who played centre-back for us during my first year um, covering the women's team. She's gone on now to play for QPR Women. Um, so, I mean, she, she she was fantastic on the ball. She'd be able to settle it down, um, and pick long passes like you wouldn't believe, putting uh long balls over the top. Um, but really, it was uh, like the, the presence of her calmness that 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 made her such a good player. Um, passing is just one of the attributes that she was, she was really a standout for. Um, so for that reason, she is my pick for passing. What about um, you, Connor?
1: I think for mine again, it's one where. It speaks for itself, but also it it was sort of hard because there's a lot of good passers in our team as well. But I think I had to give it to Jude Harding, um, the UCFB podcast player of the month. I think he's got the most assists on our side. He's just an unreal passer in that centre-mid. He just knows how to pick the perfect pass. Like like I said earlier, the ball's over to Ben Daly. I think he provides a lot of them. So just his movement. He's got a keen eye for players making them runs. So I think yeah, it's another one where... We have got a lot of good passes in our side, but it just had to go to Jude out of all of them. He's popped up with a fair few goals as well this season, hasn't he? Yeah, he's another one. Like when I said, there's players that were were close to Seamus for the uh, shooting stat. Like Jude was up there as well. I think he scored six, maybe or five. So yeah, but I think you have to, you have to have passing. Being so midfielder. Jack so. of all
0: trades, by the sound of things. So the next category is defending. Connor, who have you gone
1: for with that? Uh, I've gone for Marley. He um, put in a very commanding performance on a very tough pitch against South Bank last week. Uh, I think, the obviously, um, the whole back line of, uh, had a very good defensive record in them um, the first four games. I think all the plaudits goes to the strikers because, obviously, we've scored, what, like 20, 26 goals or something silly like that in, in four games. But, yeah, I think Marley's been a very solid player at the back and really one that some of the players look to if They're struggling, sort of, to command command that midfield in front of him and command the back line as well. But um, give a shout out to Jordan McMillan as well because I think he has also been very good at the back. So it was a close call between them two.
2: Uh, for the Women's Academy, I've gone for a current player for this one. Um, we haven't scored too many goals this season, but defence is uh, a category where some big performances have been put in. And my pick is Megan Alloway. Uh, it's her debut season for the Women's Academy and she's come in and provided a real calmness at the back. She's been a really good uh, centre-back partner for Molly Kingston, who, who played next to Daniel Maloney, who I've mentioned before. And yeah, she's she's turned in some really good performances that have, uh, have caught the eye and I've, I've been very impressed by. Um, so yeah, she's my pick. Uh, Molly, for the first, who have
0: you gone for for defending? There was only one man that could get the defending attribute for the UCFB first team. Um, And that is Ryan Haylett. Ryan was an absolute colossus at the back for us last year. He picked up player's player, manager's player, individual performance, most consistent players of the season last year in uh, a season where we won the league and got to the cup final. If he wasn't man of the match most weeks, he was in and around, sort of a name being thrown around for man of the match. He was just an absolute colossus. He always joked about when he first come into the side that he was actually a left winger but once you see him play at centre-back there was no way you were playing him anywhere else. No one ever got a sniff out of him. He was just that, that typical centre-back you know, body on the line, just no nonsense defending. It, one of the most assured defenders I've ever watched. So yeah, it couldn't be anyone else other than Ryan Haylett. Uh, next on our list
2: is dribbling. So, uh, Connor, Connor, who has been the best with the ball at their feet for you
1: um, for dribbling I've gone for say Rotimi um, again I feel like I've said this every time but we have just got a very high quality squad in terms of all attributes but I think say um, he just yeah it's just so hard to get the ball off of him I think he has got a lot of physicality as well so he, when he's got the ball at his feet it's just it's like watching Moose Dembele a little bit back in his Tottenham prime it's like the players just can't get the ball off him
2: what a player just, by the uh, way big name drop
1: yeah, he's just so good at getting getting through them players, breaking up that midfield, and maybe like popping off a ball down the wing or through to the striker. But yeah, it's, it's like he's glued to his boots. So.
2: I've gone for another current player. Uh, she's in her third year now. It's Evie Gain. Is someone that we talk about regularly on the podcast because she's been such a cornerstone of anything good that's come from uh, UCFB's attack this year. Um, Getting down the left-hand side has been a, a massive part of uh, our attacks this season. It's really been the the main source of uh, any joy that we've had going forward. And so, for that reason, I've gone with Evie. She she gets down that side and takes players on. She's often often able to beat them and uh, get across cross in with some end product or, or grab a goal, which we've seen a couple of times already this
0: season now. Um, so, yeah, Evie's, Evie's the one. Uh, Marley? Again, I had a few names sort of popping into my head thinking about this one. Um, Regan Scotcher came up a bit. Um, but yeah, in the end, I went with Giorgio just because I thought he was quite a good dribbler in his first season with the firsts. And it seems like this year, he, he's just come out and again, like you you were saying, Connor. It, it just seems like the, blue, the, the ball is just glued to his feet. He's just... And he's he's been an absolute nightmare for defenders this year, um, and what he's adding, what he's obviously adding to it more this year, is end product with either assists or goals, which is is great. So yeah, for for dribbling, I have gone for Giorgio but again, it's another tough one because there's a like like both of you have said, there's a lot of lot of players you've seen with with some great ability. Uh, last on the list uh, is physicality, Molly. Let's go back to you there's only one man i could have given physicality to one man and i'm going to hold a pause so that everyone listening right now can say his name right now ready yes you're right it's callum foster he is obviously honestly he is one of the fittest uni players i've ever seen obviously with with uni with the life a lot of the students live they're not very athletic but you know we're always saying about Callum, he's 75% speed 100% of the time. He just, he's just he got one gear and that gear is go. Does not stop for the entire game. You get tired just watching him. Um, so for physicality, he is the only man I could have gone for. I've gone for
2: another ex-player in Anya Kinane. Um She was just an absolute huge presence on the pitch. I've, I'm not sure how tall she was. Maybe six one, six two. She towered over me. And she tower tower over any opponent pretty much that she come up against. Um, she's someone that I could have put forward for um, multiple attributes here. I'm shooting, she she scored so many long range efforts in her time. Um, but the in terms of physicality, there's I don't think I'll see any player in the women's game that will come close to. To the way she dominated the pitch, just on her stature alone, time and time again during her uh, stint with UCFB, she would win headers at corners and um, and and get multiple goals that way. Um, but she was a player that picked the ball up in in our own half, dribbled past five or six players, and smash a long shot. And uh, more often than not, they'd they'd go in. She was she was unreal.
1: Um, Connor, who have you gone for for physicality? Um, again, for the sixth time, another tough one. Uh, but I've gone for Jordan McMillan uh, Marley's centre back pairing I think like you said about uh, Ryan Hale, uh, it's just you're just so comfortable when he's got the ball like even when he he's got a man on and he's got the ball at the back you just don't you're not worried about it that he's going to lose it because you know he's got it under control he's a very very physical presence he's not afraid to stick a tackle in body on the line uh, I think he's probably one of the people up there in contention for that captain's armband as well, I think, yeah, just a very strong, assured player. You're just not worried when he's got the ball at his feet. Um, yeah, just... But again, it's another one where, like, uh, shout-out to Hey Ho, Shout-out to uh, uh, Phil Jones, big Phil Jones. Um, Braden Page. Like oh, That whole back line are just good players. So, yeah, tough choices there.
0: So, just to recap, should we go through our perfect players just one more time? Connor, starting with you.
1: Um, yeah, so I've gone... Ben Daly for pace, uh, Seamus Drake for shooting, uh, Jude Hardin for passing, Saey Ratimi for dribbling, uh, Marley for defending, and Jordan McMillan for physical.
2: Uh, for the Women's Academy, I've gone with Ellen Clarabut for pace, uh, L- Lily Stevens for shooting, Danielle Maloney for passing, Evie Gain on dribbling, Megan Alloway for defending, and Anya Kanane for physicality.
0: So my UCFB first team perfect player is as follows for pace I've gone with Hodder uh, for shooting I've gone for Ollie Stevens for passing I've gone for Radzi uh, for dribbling I've gone for Giorgio De Uh defending I've gone for Ryan Haylett and for physical I've gone for Callum Foster
2: brilliant so that is the end of part 3 come back for part 4 we'll be running through next week's fixtures
1: Uh, Hello and welcome back to the fourth segment of the UCFB Football Podcast. In this segment, we're going to be looking forward to game week five. Uh, So, Sean, where are the women in game week five?
2: Uh, So, again, this week we're at Silver Jubilee Park, a home game. We're kicking off at one o'clock against St. Mary's, who are currently bottom of our league. Uh, Again, we we, we haven't picked up any wins this season, so if there's going to be any chance to do it, it has to be this week against... uh, aside who have proven themselves to be maybe the most beatable opposition in the league um so yeah I think if, if we're able to get a few points on the board here it will be massive considering we haven't haven't grabbed a win yet um so we're, we're, we're hopeful uh,
0: Marley where are the first uh, so we are away at uh, King's College in the southeastern Conference cup uh, it's a 130 kickoff. And it's the first time I've ever seen us play a lower league opposition. They're they're the division below in tier three. Um, But we can't take that for granted. So we're going to have to go in all guns blazing and hopefully we can get through to the next round of the cup. Um, The thirds don't have a game, do they, Connor? Uh,
1: Yeah, the thirds don't have a game this Wednesday because unfortunately we were knocked out on penalties in the last round of the cup. So we are out. So uh, the lads have got a nice uh, rest week this week. Hopefully a few of them will come down and watch the home team's play. But um the seconds who Dylan will be covering have an away game against Suffolk men's ones, which is a nice away day for him, uh, a few hours on the coach I think. So
0: Oh, that that is going to be a very long day for the for the seconds, especially if they don't win. That's a killer, isn't it, that journey?
1: Yeah. If if you win, you got a nice nice merry bus journey home, but yeah, hopefully they get the result. But that would be ideal. Cause it's a long way home if you're all a bit Upset about losing, in it so. Yeah, no, that is, that is a, a very long tri- two-hour journey on
0: the coach, especially if you if they don't get through. But but I'm I'm confident that that Dylan and the boys will have a have a nice trip home after a successful trip to Suffolk.
1: Yeah, I think um, the seconds will be very motivated, especially with how long the journey is. They'll be very up for, for getting the win and continuing into the next round. So yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully they get a good result this week we have a
0: giveaway courtesy of our sponsors blue check in entering this giveaway you can win a free one and a half liter bottle of prosecco and it's very simple to enter all you have to do is follow the ucfb football podcast on instagram and follow blue check you need to share this week's episode onto your story and tag free friends in the post about the episode to show us that you've done all of these The winner will be announced on Wednesday where they can pick up their free bottle in blue check. We'll see you on Wednesday. Make sure you grab your four shots for a tenner. As always, thanks for listening and we'll see you again next time.